Oh, <laughs> just sitting here. <laughs> How cold is this cold open? I t- oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> sit. I was sitting here waiting for your intro, and I was like, "Don't I usually do like a? <laughs> do you want to do the intro here thing?" And then I was like, "Oh shit, no! There's like a whole thing before it." Okay, I was I I even have something. I just totally forgot that it was for a cold opening. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> After traveling in the UK, and mm-hmm. I've had this feeling for a bit, but I don't know what the right word is. I'm going to say upset. <laughs> I am upset at the blatant laziness of the measurement system that Americans have chosen. Because, <laughs> like, yes. if you strictly go with imperial, yeah, the smallest measurement we have is an inch. Yes. The audacity that we don't think anything is ever going to be smaller than that. And then you go from an inch to a foot. And then after that, like technically you have yards. But that's just but three then, feet. So that's but like, then it's not really helping A much. mile. Yeah. You go from an inch, which is not that small, <laughs> to a foot, which is usable. Yeah. To a mile, which isn't even an, uh, a, a realistic and understandable multiple of feet nor yards. No. It's like 1,700 and 40 yards or something. 5,280 like, feet. Who, yeah, so much arbitrary. It is so obnoxious. And like, it is so convenient if you use the metric system. <laughs> you get down to, you even get, you get down to a micrometer. Oh, like, yeah. as soon as you get into science, you drop the empirical system. Oh, <laughs> immediately. You yeah. Micrometers, you have nanometers, you have centimeters, you have millimeters, you have a meter. <laughs> Which is kind of far, I understand, but that's well, why you measure in centimeters. The, the and thing, then yes. you get up to kilometers. Like just the 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 existence of all these different multiple prefixes <laughs> is the most glorious and like versatile way to measure I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's it's amazing. It it it's garbage what we have here, but can you really expect anything else from America. Well, so, and this, so this is my like headcanon, right? It's just like um, America gets away from England and they're like, well, we need to come up with, we can't, we can't use their measurement system. That's too much control over us. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Here's the length of my toe. I guess we'll make that an inch. (laughs) Well, but it was, it was the English system of measurement and they, we kept it. And they changed, they made the change that made sense. And, and we stuck with it because we're stubborn. I would stop. See, this is the only issue that I take with your entire, you know, monologue here, which is good. I agree with 99% of it. You characterized the imperial system of measurement, the non metric system, mm-hmm. as lazy. And I think it's mm-hmm. precisely the opposite. Like, you know, how hard you have to work to to try and memorize that there are, you know, 12 inches in a mile, but 16 cups in a gallon and then 5,200 and just like all of these arbitrary conversions are anything but lazy. They are distractingly involved. (laughs) 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's lazy to but just like, be like, it's... how much? How, how much from this is this? ten? Okay, how much from this is ten? <laughs> Another uh, t- ten. <laughs> yeah, it checks like. I, no, I'm I'm not saying this like, as a criticism metric system. In fact, I am pro yeah. lazy in just about every context. <laughs> yeah, you, no, that's a good point. It's a good point. Okay, so maybe lazy is the wrong adjective. Maybe really obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> the imperial system is. But I mean, like, I guess that's just English, also. Yeah, like everything there are is not no rules. Well, learning the English language. That's that's more about how English is five different languages in a trench coat. Yes, and I feel bad for anyone learning English as a second language as an adult. Sure, but if they also know French, German, Dutch, and uh, Greek and Latin, then they'll do just fine. Easy peasy, problem solved. I'm sorry. If you just happen to know these other five languages, yeah, then English is and, and totally a, a, fine. a smattering of of you know old Celtic languages. There's really like, <laughs> yeah, I it's it's it bugs. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I will openly admit that I prefer miles over kilometers currently. Sure. It's what I mean. But, it, it, this is the whole problem, right? This is the, the yeah, thing that's this is prevented. What I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, everyone just wants to keep what they're used to. They don't want to learn something once and have it be better for the rest of their lives. Right. I mean, like, I don't think in metric, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like natural to me. It's not relevant to my life. If somebody was like, how much for a liter of gasoline? I would be like, the fuck? Yeah. Well, there's but, 3.8 liters in a gallon. Okay. By the way. <laughs> and then that's just mental math that, you know, most people Which don't want to do. And, right? But then you can't be lazy and just multiply it by four because once you get to a handful of gallons, you've, you've dropped a liter. <laughs> right. So, you know, uh, it's dumb. It's it count, counted on the many, many dumb things that yeah. America does just to be proud and obstinate. 128 fluid ounces in a gallon. (laughs) Far from lazy. It is base two. You know, the one give it that, (laughs) you know, the one that really got me recently and I was like, fuck, I I wish I was, you know, like using metrics more often. Mm. I was listening to another podcast actually. It was a podcast about Magic the Gathering, but they talk about cooking and food a lot. And guest was saying, like, you know, I cook a lot of pasta and something, something ideal ratio of pasta to salt to water and puts it out in metric. And it's just like a very clean, like one ten hundred, you know, like one one hundred something, you know, just like and and it also works so much more cleanly because of the conversion of grams to milliliters in uh you know like you do most of things most things in metric or most cooking mm-hmm. outside of the u.s you don't use you measure by weight not by volume and you have like a little scale in your kitchen and blah 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 blah, blah. but you know it metric makes that a lot better when one milliliter weighs exactly one gram of water right <laughs> and and yeah, so it's just like sure. 
you know, the the guest who was saying this was it was uh, lives in Wales, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I like this kitchen gadget. It makes it really easy when doing pasta. Blah 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 blah. Salt ratio, water pasta ratio. I'm just like, man, I literally just cook. You know, I just cooked pasta the other day, and I did. You know, my it was undersalted, and I had done my usual method of just like, eh. <laughs> just like pour the water into the pot until eh, and then just like put an arbitrary amount of pasta in there and then like pour some some, some salt it's like that. one you know it's nice to know that there is an optimal ratio a good way to cook your pasta that's better than this but also it feels frustratingly inaccessible to me <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. See, in in a way metric. It's, it's metric. The uh musician Adam and his package like electronic punk kind of I don't know, he's weird. Uh <laughs> it's like a guy with a synthesizer. He has a song about the metric system and it is so good. It's like <laughs> we will symbolically stick your foot up your fucking ass. <laughs> Cuz foot oh wow yeah got it all good things are in metric for example like here's just one i've got my nine well that's nine millimeter sounds cooler than my 0.2 something inches gun (laughs) (laughs) right that's that's the other thing is that we blatantly use the metric system in so many things yeah and we're just fine with it but then there's just a handful of things that were like, nah, Imperial. Yeah. Right. And it, well, for these, it's not like you're, you're, it's a, it's more of like a name than a measurement, right? We don't, we're not out just like, I don't know. I mean, it is a measurement of the size of the bullet. Right. But it's not like you're not like actually going out and measuring your bullets and being like, Ooh, I, <laughs> You, you know, or like measuring your barrel and being like, oh, I, I, I go to the hardware store and be like, I need something that fits this barrel. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, but I, I get your point. Yeah. I feel, I feel like you either commit or you don't. Yeah. Just like let it Should or get off the pot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, should we do our intro? Oh, yeah. Let's do our intro. <laughs> Imagine that. It's the day. Hey. <laughs> podcast that you're listening to it's called hype is my superpower we talk about things that we are hyped on because hype is our superpower that was deep thank you yeah it's it's one of those tautology you know tautologies or tautological kind of statements mm-hmm. i'm steve storman i am one of your hosts alongside my good buddy will freeland we are coming from opposite sides of the country Thanks to the miracles of modern technology, which make all sorts of podcasts and things possible. Uh, so thanks for listening. And we, what comics are we talking about today? William, what do you got? Today, I have two books that are very much worth diving into. So I'm kind of excited okay. about this. But uh, we've got the third book volume of Strange Academy 
which is the Wolverine, the X-Men slash Avengers Academy, but for right. magic. Right, 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 right. And this, how, and so this is, is this after the death of Doctor Strange? This is post death of Doctor Strange. Okay. Interesting. Surprisingly, spoiler alert, they don't really mourn the <laughs> passing of Doctor Strange much. Really like uh, they have gives the, you an idea in the compan- of how long this will stick. Right. Well, so in the companion, they had one issue of Strange Academy of just being like, hey, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme has passed away. We're closing the school for a few days and we're going to figure out what to do. And then by the end of that issue, the kids are back. And so now we're just kind of going along Strange Academy post Strange. Sure. <laughs> but I should also point out that Strange Academy is the name of the book, not the name of the school. Oh, okay. Interesting. Is he, so, but he's like the headmaster, right? Isn't he? No. Oh. Dr. Voodoo is the headmaster. Oh. Dr. Strange is kind of like the board. Oh, interesting. Like Voodoo, okay. quote unquote, reports. Because Voodoo's like on campus being the headmaster. Okay. While Strange is off being Sorcerer Supreme, but this sure. is his school, his, his dream, his idea. Kind of sure. Thing. Interesting. Okay. So there's that. And then we have Dan Slott's Fantastic Four, Volume 10, The Reckoning, Reckoning War, Part 1. Nice. I just posted the episode where you talked about the last volume of oh, Dance Lots Fantastic Four last night. So it was fresh in my mind. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't understand how this happened, so I'm going to have to figure it out. But okay. Jack of Hearts is back. Huh. Why? He's been dead <laughs> since before Avengers Disassembled, and then they yeah. brought him back to explode and kill Hawkeye. And he's just back and hanging out with She-Hulk. And they're like dating. Mm. They are players. They do a couple of things in support roles in this book, but like the world is just like, hey, Jack's back. Let's just keep going with our lives. So that's love, weird. Yeah. If you missed something or forgot something or they just didn't explain it. I feel like I had to have just missed it. Right. Anyway, there is a lot to unpack. And the okay. fact that this is just part one, they only did half of the war is I can't believe they anyway, whatever. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And we'll figure out what to look forward to for the, like literally it ends. It doesn't even have a, like to be continued or Mm. in part two, it ends with a cliffhanger and there's no text at the bottom. You turn the page and it's like, all right, see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sick. Oh, man. Yeah. So those are my two books. I'm super excited to go along with you. Cool. I I only read one thing, and it was some cable. It was was kind of a a smattering of cable. There was one regular issue of cable. There was a cable annual, and then there was a cable and Wolverine special called Guts and Glory. So I read that. And, oh, you know, of note, we did not read Sandman this week. We I know. did not read Sandman this week. At the end of the last episode, we said we would. We hit a snag, which is Will does not own a copy of Sandman. And that's kind of important <laughs> for reading it. So yeah. we're, we're addressing that. It's in the mail. It'll be two or three more weeks before we have Sandman on the show. Yeah. 
But it will, it will, it will happen. Yay. Woo. Yee. Cool. So we got Cable, Fan 4, and Magic. Yeah. Let's get going. Start us off. All right. Okay. So Strange Academy generally goes over two storylines. One focusing on Emily Bright, who was like, who's kind of being played as like the protagonist. Like she's the one we spend the most time with. She's a brand new character. Well, I guess they're all brand new characters, but like sure. completely unrelated to anything. She's, you know, she's a not a human. derivative character. She's not like, yeah. you know, uncle. She's uh, not nep- a nephew or a kid gladiator. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's just got an affinity for magic. So her and Doyle Dormammu's relationship, Doyle Dormammu, derivative character, That's being right. the son of Dormammu. Yeah. So one storyline is that. And then the other one is last volume, this kid Calvin had that like magic jacket. And it ended up being that his jacket was Mr. Misery, mm. who was this like sort of demon demo- entity thing, but not an actual demon, um, magical entity that was kept in the basement of of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Right. And Wong and Strange had set it up so Mr. Misery would pay all of the costs of magic that Strange was casting. Okay. And so he's just a lot of pain and misery. He got out in a previous right. Doctor Strange story. And then we find out that you know, he survived the fight, blah, 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 became this jacket, and he has been hanging out with Calvin. Right. Last volume, the jacket, the jacket's identity got out. And then one of the girls, Desi, who is a demon from Limbo, I think. Sweet. Gotta have one of those. Yeah. She ate Mr. Misery to take <laughs> out, to take him off the board. Yeah. And so you have Calvin who has you know, no magic, doesn't have a magical item, trying to keep up with the rest of the class. And he was he was the kid who was bullied a lot for being he was overweight. Bullied. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was the larger kid. Yeah. Bullied a lot. Terrible home life. This yeah. jacket shows up in his closet, makes him right. feel strong and powerful and unappreciated and loved and seen and sure. Know, all that stuff. So he's dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say. So those are kind of the two main storylines you come across here. Yep. For Emily and Doyle's story, Emily is doing some weird stuff. So she's been sneaking around in the basement of Strange's house. And locked up in the basement is this guy named the Imperator. So he is the last surviving member of the Empiricool who were a I remember this i was i was obsessed with that storyline from dr strange the empirical come from a reality where science wins right it was a reality that was ruled over by shumagorath and his magical self and so magic just caused destruction across you know, the universe. And so mm-hmm. the Empirical were like, okay, well, let's lean into science and figure this out. And then they sh- got rid of Shumagorath from their world. And so now they're going around destroying magic across all reality. Okay. So that was a really interesting storyline. 
of how we reset Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so you just make it so you're resetting magic instead of resetting Doctor Strange. Yeah. So that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Imperator is one of the Imperial cool, and he is locked up in the basement of Sanctum Sanctorum. Emily goes and visits him. Okay. She's like, yeah, I know who you are. I know what you want to do. He's like, so are you going to let me out? And she's like, um, I mean, you could be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you out, but I'm going to give you what you want. Hmm. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And she's like, listen, I've read your file. I like, I read your story. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I think what you want is just a life with your family. And so she brings this like stone necklace thing that, and she was like, she tells it to him. She's like, I'm just going to give you a reality in your head that you get to live out with your family. So he's like, so you're going to put me in a prison while I'm in prison. She's like, yeah, but I think you'll like it. <laughs> Yo, dog. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she puts him, she puts this thing on him and then casts her little spell. And then he basically just gets put in this magical virtual reality where he gets to live a life with his family. Okay. So it's it's really just I'm sure it's that a scene will, that kind of shows Emily. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's not it's not gonna not pay off. It's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> Emily sh- it's every all three volumes, Emily has gotten more and more in tune with like magic and cool. kind of being a little more independent and acting on her own. And yeah. it's um relatively interesting. I get some Harry Potter vibes. Like, you know, she has, has to, she's at this magic school and she has to sort of freelance around mm-hmm. things that are a bit unkosher in the background. Yeah. 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 And then <laughs> Dr. Voodoo escorts the class to an alternate reality and they go and check out Age of Apocalypse. Oh, perfect. That's where you would want to go on a field trip. What the fuck? And he's just like, yeah, so in this reality, you know, Legion killed his own father. uh, And so Magneto took up the role and created this timeline's X-Men. So basically, it's a a class talking about or controlling magic and traveling through time and like visiting different timelines and possible futures, what, you know, how to act, how to conduct yourself in other timelines. Sure. Because Doctor Strange is so good at that. This is well, I guess Voodoo. this Voodoo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the Don't Be Doctor Strange Academy. <laughs> so he says, he's saying like, the question with time travel will always be, where's the line? What's the point where you leave things the way they are and accept that going back to tinker is only changing things, not necessarily fixing things. Mm. That's why we take great care and consideration when deciding when to manipulate time. (laughs) And then Emily gets on her soapbox and she's like, so you're saying time is quote broken. If things don't work out the way you or the Avengers or the X-Men need them to, but if things don't work out for normal people or even the bad guys, it's just meant to be. (laughs) And Voodoo's like, that's an interesting question. One that I expect you to further examine in the paper you'll be writing for next week. (laughs) All right. And then, so now they try some solo time hops, and then Doyle is having trouble with his like third, his third circle. It takes like 
takes like a little triple circle thing. And he's like, hey, make sure to keep an eye on your emotional state because <laughs> if your mind is wandering when you're trying to cast a spell, you could accidentally go too far back into the past or too far forward into the future because magic. this is magic. It's not like technology where you just pinpoint a time and just go. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we all... <laughs> yeah and Doyle so he's kind of he's still reeling from the prophecy in the first volume that this lady gave him I was just like you're going to bring darkness to Mm -hmm. the academy Uh, bad times are are ahead and it's like he's the son of Dormammu kind of checks out but like but anyway maybe everybody just like really wants to take a nap and he just like turns the light switch off you know wow yeah (laughs) Wow. You ever think of that? <laughs> so he ends up traveling to the future. Moving on. <laughs> he travels really to the future and he sees <laughs> he sees the adult versions of his class, of his classmates. Yeah. He sees adult Emily, and she is with adult Eric, who's okay. uh, one of the twin Asgardian twins of Enchantress. Okay. Sees I'm going to forget all these people's names <laughs> until they like survive strange Academy and start showing up in other titles. So they <laughs> come across adult Zoe who is a zombie. Oh, cool. Okay. And she, she's been using an image, a magic image inducer mm-hmm. to look like a regular girl. Uh, she's no longer using that. And she's fully embraced her zombiness and they are gathering and it looks like Emily has gathered an army and they're like, this is the day of the prophecy, blah, blah, blah. And then adult Doyle shows up with adult Alvi, adult Desi, adult Shaylee, and adult Toth. Toth is a, he's like a ice guy from Weird World. Okay. Shaylee is a fairy from, from Weird World. Desi is the demon from Limbo. Mm-hmm. And then Alvi is the other twin, the other Asgardian twin. Okay. Son of Enchantress. And his armor is very Enchantress-like. Mm. While adult Eric is kind of Thor-like. In ter- like it's okay. for like color scheme, it's blue with sure. yellow trim. Sure. Okay. Where um, Eric is light and dark green. Mm-hmm. Alvi, the classic like hero and villain coding of exactly. primary versus the secondary primary and, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they go in for a fight, and while that fight is going off, Doctor Voodoo shows up and pulls Doyle out. And Doyle's like, "Well, I've seen the future. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm dropping out of Strange Academy, mm. whatever." And it's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and Doctor Voodoo's like, you understand that this is a possible future, not right. the future. And Maybe like the future that is caused by you taking this action, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, so at the end of every issue, there's like, you know, in the last couple of volumes, there's been random like transcripts or like school sheets. Okay, right. So at the end of this one. Is the time travel advisory effective for all time? It says all students. Of, oh, it is actually called Strange Academy. Then what? That, I feel that. like it's changed. Voodoo. <laughs> I think with Voodoo at the head, it changed. I, it got listed as something else. It was like Voodoo's s- s- School for the Gifted. I wonder if they called them that. Called it that 
because they're making fun of him. Anyway, <laughs> all students of Strange Academy currently studying the techniques, procedures, and best practices related to the act of time travel or timeline hopping must adhere to the following time timeline travel restrictions and avoid these particular realities. Okay. <laughs> 2099. <laughs> year, <laughs> it just says note year 2100 is a okay. <laughs> days, of, <laughs> days of future past, effective immediately for all mutant students. Mm. 1602, zombies accepting Zoe uh, Laveau. <laughs> Age of Apocalypse, accepting with faculty or sorcerer chaperone. <laughs> House of M. No, and don't ask Scarlet Witch. <laughs> Amalgam. <laughs> Whose idea was this? <laughs> Ultimate. Not sure this ever existed anyway, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Because after Secret Wars, 616 right. and 1610 got mashed together. Yep. As opposed to their own separate countries. Anyway, Noir, the Wastelands, and the Larval Earth. No one has asked about this timeline, but the answer is still no. <laughs> I don't know Larval Earth, but I know all these other ones. <laughs> yeah. So the intense. wastelands are like, it's like old man Logan. Yeah. Um, reality. But anyway, so Doyle leaves, leaves a note for Emily, t- tells her basically everything, everything he saw. She gets pissed because he left without saying goodbye. And she's starting to get resentment towards the faculty of just like, why didn't you like stop him? Sure. Like, it's almost like, I don't know, it's weird. I think I feel like she expects the school to be more like prisony, <laughs> like a like a training camp or like okay. a like a military training camp of yeah. just like this is a school, people can not go to school. Like they can <laughs> right. just drop out. Like that's a thing. Right. <laughs> so like I don't know. She I felt like she was overreacting a little bit. Sure. <laughs> and then they're taking a class on like defensive and offensive magic. And then Emily goes and confronts Zelma and she's like, why didn't you stop Doyle? This is ridiculous. And then Doyle shows up and he's like, Hey, what's up? And basically he tell he tells her that like, yeah, I was going to drop out, but I talked to Voodoo and there's the chance that me dropping out and going home is the catalyst that makes me go evil. Right. What did I say? <laughs> so I'm going to stay at the Academy for a bit and just roll with that. There's a homecoming dance coming up and Doyle and Emily are supposed to go. And Emily kind of bails on him on accident, sort of, but enough to where like Doyle is in a very fragile state. He is definitely like, yeah, the shy kid, the unconfident one throughout this entire story. Okay. And then, so for him to leave him hanging for, for, for this uh, dance is no bueno. notable. Yeah. And she's running late because she's trying to do her hair, <laughs> make it look perfect. She finally uses magic to make it look perfect. As she's going, she crosses, but she comes across Calvin. And we'll cover Calvin's storyline in a second, but Calvin turns out he is expelled. Oh. For his storyline. Okay. Which, I, so she sits down with, with Calvin instead. Of going to meet up with Doyle and mm-hmm. like talks it out. And so Doyle gets pissed and she keeps on like brushing Doyle off. Like he'll get over it. He's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. To the point where at lunch at the cafeteria the next day, 
Emily is trying to recruit the rest of the of the main kids of just like, hey, Calvin got expelled. This is unacceptable. We need to do something about this. And Doyle at the next table over is just like, well, she's like, so basically in Doyle, in Calvin's story, Zelma gave him a book of just like, this is how you intro to magic. I stumbled across the Sanctum Sanctorum, normal human. I started started reading Strange's books, and now here I am teaching classes at Strange Academy. Like you can learn magic, <laughs> and it just wasn't working for him. So Emily was like, "What?" She just expected him to just study harder, and Doyle was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what he should have done." <laughs> and she's like, "So you think he deserved to ex- get expelled?" And he's like, "Yeah, actually." And she starts getting all heated. They get into sure. an argument, and then other people try to get Doyle to calm down and then he finally starts to take everyone seriously uh, and he kind of just unleashes on people and uh, bar barroom brawl but in the cafeteria okay. ensues Doyle is uh, very powerful mm. because you know, he's the son Don't of Dormano yeah, yeah, so, yeah, sure, yeah. but then afterwards Emily stages a walkout mm. and gets recruits basically everyone because the school is being ridiculous. It starts with allowing Doyle to drop out and then expelling Calvin. She's like, this is ridiculous. No more secrets. No more condescension from our teachers because all of them are just like, we're doing this for you. You just need to listen to us. Okay. Yada, yada, yada. Sure. We're out. And so they all go to the Sanctum Sanctorum and hide out in Strange's old house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As they're there, they're like, Emily, like, what now? Mm-hmm. Like, you recruited us. You recruited all these students. We're here with you. What next? And they keep on asking, keep on trying to address other things. She loses her cool, and she starts freaking out. And it's like, oh, shit. She's becoming the dark one. Uh. <laughs> and basically... The ring that she's wearing that was made out of the crown that Doyle had is starting to like corrupt her. Okay. And so she's going further and further down this like dark path. And she's like legitimately like trying to control people and being bad and like just belligerent and your stereotypical checkbox of evil stuff. (laughs) Sure. And let's see, how does that end? How's that end? Oh, Zelma and Voodoo. And some mindless ones find them. They go and confront them. And then Emily's like, nah, F this. We need to fight you guys. And then Emily takes over the mindless ones. Okay. And uses them to open up a portal to their new home, the Dark Dimension. Oh, okay. And it literally, the last cell is her opening the portal. And she's like, we're going to our new home, the Dark Dimension. Let's go. Huh. So... Don't know where that's going to go. Interesting. So the reason why Calvin got expelled is at the beginning of the book, they go to a spooky cemetery that is supposedly haunted. And they come across this gravestone with a bunch of X's written on it. They're like, what the hell is up with this gravestone? And Zoe's like, that's actually my great, great grandma's gravestone or whatever. Okay. And supposedly if you go there, put down an X and you make a wish, your wish will be granted. You get basically Zoe's backstory of like the women in her family are super strong with magic. And then she 
was struggling with magic and she came across this guy called Gaslamp. And he kind of offered to her just like, I can give you this temporary, I can give you this wish that will give you, you know, whatever you wish for. And she was like, I, I want to be good at magic. And he's like, cool, but it's temporary. So okay. she keeps on coming back, yada, yada, yada. It's basically magic drugs. So sure. <laughs> it can't be, it can't be, you know, <laughs> a YA story without some analogy for uh, some PSA for drugs are bad. Exactly. So she, she, for lack of a better phrase, overdoses on this, like on the of feedback course. from the wish energy, yeah. she dies. And oh. so her family takes her to that grave, makes the wish to bring her back. And she comes back as a zombie. Uh, and so that's what her origin story is. Gotcha. And Calvin is like, so about that gas lamp guy. Okay. Tell me about him. <laughs> and she's like, you don't want, you don't want, like, I just told you that it killed me. Yeah. Do you re- like, <laughs> why? <laughs> he's like, yeah, but look at you. You came out fine. And like, he just ignored the fact that like, the only reason why she's back is because of this wish that her family made yeah. to at this gravestone to bring her back from the dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he was just like, listen, I don't have magical powers. My jacket is gone because Desi ate it. <laughs> I need something. And so he goes and finds Gaslamp on his own. Uh, Gaslamp's like, I'll, and he's like, I don't have anything to buy to like pay for. He's like, I'll give you this one for free. And, mm. you know. If you uh, if you want more, just come get me. Okay. Oh, first one's always free. Exactly. So he uses it during the defensive and offensive spell class. Okay. And everyone's like, "Where the fuck did this uh, power come from, bro?" Yeah. And he's like, "I've been studying." And you're like, "Okay, buddy." Yeah. So anyway, he uses up his wish power. He goes back to gas lamp, and he's like, "I mean, I still don't have anything to to like pay for it." And he's like, "Well, maybe we can work something out." Basically, he's like, I'll give you some wish powers, wish wish magic, as long as you bring me more customers. So he becomes the school dealer. Exactly. And so okay. he becomes a school dealer. Zoe gets wary about it, gives Voodoo the heads up. Mm-hmm. Voodoo goes and confronts him. Calvin doesn't think he did anything wrong because of how of his like situation. Right. And and Voodoo's like, I mean, I have to expel you. Yeah, it doesn't sound like <laughs> doesn't sound unreasonable, right? So, because of all that, that's where Emily comes in, and she's like, "What the fuck?" And then that's when she stages the walkout. Sure. There's one other scene where that pays off from last volume. Last volume, Strange went to go and meet. Oh, what is the name? Uh, um, Hogoth. Oh, as in the Hori hosts? Yes. Yeah. Who they had made a pact with to protect the school. Were you just trying to make sure that you didn't have it mixed up with Hogarth? (laughs) No, I just, I couldn't remember. I was like, which one of his famous spells? (laughs) Because I know it's, it's, it's one of the spirits of the famous spells that he uses. Okay. And I was trying to go through his like famous spells and I couldn't remember. Vishanti, Hogoth, Sidorak, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes to Hogoth last volume and he's like, Hey, I need to like borrow more magic 
to deal with some right. shit that's going down. And so that's how the Academy is protected from magic. And like, gotcha. this is one of those secrets that Emily is aware exists, but doesn't know what the secret is mm. because okay. in their first classes, they're like, there's always a cost to right. casting magic. Mm-hmm. Don't just do it willy nilly. Right. You're on the school grounds. We're taking care of your costs. Yeah. Basically. But like, keep that in mind. And Emily like keeps on asking Zelma, like, so what the fuck did you guys set up? And so like, yeah. she's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so we find out in second volume that it's Hogarth that's taking care of the cost, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. In this volume, Voodoo goes and is communing with other spirits. <laughs> and they're like, hey, so something's going on. Uh, since the Sorcerer Supreme has died, there's a fracture in the mystical balance, and you should check this out. And he goes to where Hogoth is, and Hogoth is just like dying on the ground. Oh, oh. And so, okay. in response to that, in response, the school, yeah, the school has changed the I rules. Mean, we around are magic. talking about magic. <laughs> they've changed their their rules to be like hey you can only use magic in class don't use it like in your own time okay they're, they're reducing the amount of like magic being used yeah basically and so and like that was another just like straw on emily's back of like okay keep on oppressing us yeah so yeah i don't know N- next volume they're she's taken all the all the kids that we've been introduced to and have grown with to the dark dimension because that's a great idea great idea sounds like uh doyle's gonna have to be the one who saves the day at great personal cost or something yeah sounds pretty classic (laughs) and that's kind of the thing is like this is written by scotty young oh okay my introduction introduction to scotty young is his like his like kid variant art yeah yeah like baby variants yeah and his art is hilarious yes and he's written like side issues to crossover events and stuff. Mm, but mm-hmm. I want to say this is his first like ongoing series. Oh, cool. But it doesn't to that point, like the the story beats are kind of original, but like the arc is kind of cookie cutter. It's sure. starting to feel a little bit like. Yeah, yeah. And that's not that's not always a bad thing. Right. He's giving us a brand new cast of characters when mm-hmm. they're all, they all have their own backstories. Like there's enough new that it's fine. Sure. But like the, the, the overall arc is. Yeah. You're like, like okay. Uh, the kid uh, that, uh, that uh, is uh, prophesized uh, to be the bad guy is going to be the one that saves the day. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. <laughs> and that's totally fine. I have no problems mm-hmm. with that. I only have a problem with it when it happens like all the same, like, with like multiple <laughs> stories all being told at the same time. You're like, okay, yeah. buddy. <laughs> but yeah, so we need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk about Fantastic Four, The Reckoning War. It's been a hell of a ride, this uh this Dan Slot's run on Fantastic Four. Yeah, it has. Can can I also say original sin? You can say whatever you want. You're, it's your podcast. <laughs> when Nick <man>. Fury, <laughs> when Nick Fury's senior killed Uatu. And yeah. he and then the rest of the watchers came up and they're like, hey, as punishment for killing the watcher, you will become the new watcher. Right. They give him they give him one of Uatu's eyes yeah. because Orb has the other eye. Right. And he becomes the unseen. 
and yada yada yada. That in canon was a year ago. Huh. Okay. There have been there have been six, seven, eight <laughs> crossover events. I mean, yeah, then. you know, <laughs> Marvel, it's all timey Yeah, whiny. But like how like just yeah, trying to imagine like the day-to-day life of one of these superheroes, and it's like literally every day you are out saving the world. There is like 365 world destroying events per year that you personally are involved in. <laughs> it is insane. Like I've talked about not obviously not on the pod, but like I've talked about like what is the word when we're staying at home because of the pandemic? Oh yeah, like quarantine stay in place uh, quarantine place. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah quarantine fatigue yeah is the thing yeah where eventually you stop caring about quarantine because right. you've been doing it for this long yeah if i was a new yorker <laughs> 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 fucking event fatigue <laughs> over here like yeah. it's just not going to be a surprise when right. your subway line gets delayed for 6 hours because there's a fight going on downtown i mean or Fucking, you're not even going to have an office anymore because the Hulk got thrown through the office window. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is insane. It's wild. Anyway, that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's New York. Shit happens. I guess. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, okay. Actual book. Yeah. The Reckoning War. For those who didn't just listen to episode 68 last night. <laughs> Uatu is back right? because Nick Fury Sr. saw the tech that was used during Empire that the Kotati were using that mm-hmm. put them on par with the Kree Scroll Empire, which is unheard of. Yeah. And that tech ended up being Watcher tech because Steven Stormen, are you are <laughs> oh. you familiar with the like full name now? <laughs> origin story of the Watchers. Do we need to talk about that? I don't believe so. Let's let's go over this. All right. So the Watchers. Oh wait, no. I remember this. I don't know if this was part of Empire. They were arms dealers, and sort they of. and they like or arms developers or something for like global or, or intergalactic empires, and then they blah 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 saw the errors of their ways, decided to become pacifists and not intervene. Or something like that? To a degree, yes. So they, from their planet, they had such wonderful inventions and technology, and they're very proud of it. And so they went around to other planets, and they shared their technology with primitive species. Right, right. It wasn't just... They come from planet T37X, by the way. It doesn't really matter. It's just something that you can know. (laughs) It doesn't sound like something you would name your own planet. But I guess I don't know how <laughs> yeah. they're, you know, how oh watcher linguistics handful, function. There's a handful of those where I'm like, this is on the intergalactic stage. I understand this is being written by an Earth human, yeah. but like people, people from the other side of the galaxy say like years uh-huh. or 
was that made out of adamantium? And it's like, right. you don't know what adamantium is. <laughs> Come on, a, they were like, was that vibranium, adamantium? And I'm like, vibranium, maybe, because it came from space. But <laughs> well, I mean, but adamantium, it's an al- it's a man-made it's alloy, alloy out of 12 yeah. different metals yeah. that is created on Earth. Yeah. Okay. I don't imagine there's much adamantium out in the galaxy. Sorry, the universe. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the scale that we're talking about here. Other, other, you know, it do, it civilizations may have <laughs> also invented it if backwater ass Earth could. All right. I mean, you're <laughs> not, I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> At but this like point, for them to call it training, you, Well, yeah, you, your translator knows what's up or something. I'm just saying it. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm straining yeah. to, to make this make sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm working for my no prize here. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so, so the the watchers who were just a race of people at the time yep. went around sharing the technology, and they were very proud of themselves. And then one, the first race that they shared their technology with, eventually used it for weaponry, used it for war, yeah, and used watcher tech to go and spread their warlike ways to the rest of the universe. Now this sounds familiar. The watchers are like, holy shit, we fucked up. And so yep. this was the what's called the first war. And it was the watchers versus the Prosilicans, because it was okay. the planet of Prosilica. So the Prosilicans and that fight, this is the part that blew my mind, <laughs> destroyed so much of the universe that after the war, they put a protective barrier around the untouched, the, the, the area <laughs> of the universe that the Priscilicans hadn't touched. Wow. And that is our known universe. <laughs> cool. Okay. Our known universe is one-tenth. It's of just what the actual left. universe was. Cool. That's that's sick. Also, uh-huh. the Priscilicans took over 90% of the universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they took over nine of our universes. <laughs> it was... <laughs> ah! Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> we oh think that the Shi'ar is hot shit. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, the Shi'ar have <laughs> galaxies. Yeah. The Priscilicans had 90% of the universe. That's unbelievable. And all of that is basically wasteland, waste space <laughs> that is protected from by the watchers and is is and we're left with what we have as universe. Our universe cool. is vast, but it yeah. is only one-tenth as vast as it should be. Cool. <laughs> that's, I'm just, that's, that's an awesome touch. It's fucking blowing my mind. I have conceptual questions, of but course. like, it's fine. It's fine. Because I also feel like, I feel like our universe doesn't expand. And by ours, I mean 616. Ooh, I feel like mm. 616 doesn't expand the same way that like our reality Real universe yeah. is continually expanding. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Strictly because... Planets don't seem to get further away. Mm. <laughs> and like, that's just, that's the kind of the point of 
like other galaxies in our universe is that they are continually getting further and away away from everything else. And so like once like Reed Richards maps where Spire is, which is where Sky is from, okay. Like they know exactly where to go. And it doesn't it doesn't take longer to get there. <laughs> but I guess it's only been a couple of weeks. So fine. <laughs> but like I feel I I don't I'm not under the impression that with all of the cosmic stories we've gotten, the universe has gotten bigger over the last, hmm. I guess the, I guess how would you know stories? But yeah, exactly. But like that never gets like addressed or brought up or like you have to factor into your calculation that hmm. mm-hmm. like, I feel like that seems like something that Reed would say or beast would mention even though I get he's a doctor first, but like they've made him <laughs> a space science man. So like, <laughs> like they seem like the type of genius that would bring that up. But like no one ever does. It's not a big deal. It's just something that can, so, but now it's like, oh, because the watchers put us within a protective barrier. <laughs> so like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> 616 <laughs> doesn't expand. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, so the Reckoning War. <laughs> is, yeah, let's. Uh... <laughs> the Reckoning War conceptually is the Priscillicans finally having a chance to finish what they started. Okay. Which is take over slash destroy. The so they, they've been just kind of hanging out on the on the. Intergalactic yeah. stage. The watchers don't watch outside of the bubble. Oh. So they've just been stewing <laughs> for billions of years. Damn. Okay. And somehow they've made it to 616 and have been going to other warlike races and give and basically Doing being like a profiteer. Watcher sharing their technology Mm -hmm. and giving like the Zinerks, the Badoon, Mm -hmm. the Chitari, the um, Modari, Modani, like all of them watch your level tech. Wow. It's like, go do what you, whatever you want to do. Okay. Have fun. I'll see you later. So that is what happened in the, in Four pages into this book, <laughs> Nick Fury Sr. has detected everything, has like witnessed the actual deals by the Priscillicans, gone back to Uatu, and is like, this is what's going on. Uatu's like, holy shit, the Watchers have to act. Yeah. Like, this is our mess. We need to clean this up. Yeah. So he puts out the call, and the call specifically is called the Clarion Call. Okay. The clarion call conceptually is something that a watcher can sound that will bring all the watchers in the entire universe back to the home planet to like congregate and meet. Okay. He puts out the clarion call and then the very next page, the moon gets destroyed. <laughs> Earth's moon is gone. The fuck? Okay. Okay. All, all right. Yeah. Right? You know what? Fuck the moon. 
how do you undo that? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Oh my gosh. So moon's gone. <laughs> I mean, that's like very nearly earth destroying event. If we're being real. So that got brought up. Yeah. <laughs> so one, we've got meteors falling down on earth and Tides, people trying and superheroes else. trying to save people. Yeah. Now, they so sword and shuri are both in or sorry agent brand from sword and shuri are yeah. both in contact with reed and they're like yeah confirmed the the moon was was destroyed and it was destroyed by the badoon and the badoon are now invading earth and they have tech beyond what we've ever seen the badoon have something's going on and then valeria and uh franklin franklin's like um aren't there going to be just like giant floods everywhere and valeria says our moon isn't big enough to do that but just to like have like those raging tides it just means we're gonna have no tides mm. like the pull the gravitational pull that the moon has is just not, i mean if you think about like some places the tide goes up by like three feet sure <laughs> from the gravitational pull of the moon so like Sure, but I think they were just like, yeah, we're not going to do natural disaster here. <laughs> this is something <laughs> else. <laughs> and Valeria's like, Dad, we should probably make a new moon. And he's like, that's a great call. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for later. We're going to take a bite on it. Right, CHA on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And so we have a bunch of, Earth, a bunch of Earth's heroes fighting the Badoon, trying to figure out what's going on. And Reed recognizes the Watcher tech because he's friends with the Watu. And yeah. he's like, something's going on. We need to go talk to Watu. We need to see, we need to go to where the moon used to be and see if we can find any evidence. So they leave and the rest of the heroes are like, why are the Fantastic Four leaving? And they're like, listen, you've, if you've been in the business long enough, you know, if, if you the know, Fantastic you know. Four are yeah. leaving... <laughs> the scene of a fight it's for a good reason yeah yeah <laughs> so let them go do what they're doing the tva shows up okay and they're like okay a bunch of uh stuff is happening somehow she hulk is able to see them because i guess tva mm. is out of sync with time or whatever and so okay. people shouldn't be able to perceive them however once you've had cross once you've had like dealings with them you can see them okay it's like she says, wait, she can see us. Of course, you can see us. In the past, I was the one who brought you here to one of the possible key points in your timeline. You've been time looped, Walters. You're now chronally sensitive. So hmm. apparently, okay. this happened in She Hulk Volume 2, number three. I was going to say, 2005. oh, in 2005. I was going to say it sounds like some wacky like 70s because she was she was the self-aware superhero back in the 70s so mm -hmm. sounded like that kind of timeline but or yeah that kind of storyline but i guess not okay yeah it was a 2005 storyline which i think <laughs> i have but anyway <laughs> while that's going on a silver surfer comes across the griever at the end of all things okay griever is the one who was eating all those extra realities that Franklin created. Right. And then they sent Griever through the forever gate to the end of all time to see just the end of all existence and just be happy there. Okay. But Ra Rachel, Rachel Summers, own old 
old stomping grounds, old home. Yeah. They're coming, they're coming across. I forgot to mention that this is happening in overspace, <laughs> which is which is uh, the domain yes, of sure. <laughs> is the domain of the abstract entities of the universe. It's a okay. metaphysical realm that precious few beings can enter, including Silver Surfer and the Griever, because the Griever is a constant, a, a cosmic constant. But okay. they're like, Yeah, I'm here to witness this because eternity is dying. Oh, okay. And he's being held on. Uh, he's holding hands with the Never Queen, who is the possibility of everything else that was. So, like, they are like the complete set kind of thing. Yeah. They're lovers, but eternity is everything that is. Never Queen is everything that could have been. Okay. So they're like, yeah, the end approaches, yada, yada, yada. The Reckoning War is going to be a bitch. <laughs> Never queen, uh, you are the only hope, my greatest possibility. Only you can find the remedy. Only you can save us all. It's like, all right, back to physical space I go. And so he just dives back into eternity <laughs> and goes and does his silver surfer thing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> Latveria is getting invaded and Doom is like, I know what's, I know what's going on. I need to leave. And Victorious is like, don't leave me my master and she's like and he's like i've trained you to be more than this just hold on to latveria i need to go and uh save the very fabric of reality i'll peace <laughs> and then he leaves oh, like <laughs> shit is going down yeah. so the fantastic four go to the moon and they come across uh nick fury senior and they catch up with each other and uatu created this little like orb i forget what it's called it doesn't really matter okay Sorry, it's called a Cyclopedia Universum. <laughs> sure. I have it on the page right here. Anyway, <laughs> it's just, it's it's a giant crystal ball, but it's like a bubble. You can put your head on it, in it, okay. and it gives you all of the knowledge. Sure. And so, <sighs> Nick Fury just, just has... To, just to make sure it. that the X-Men books aren't, you know, cornering the market on creepy helmets. Yes. Okay. Nick Fury has you. Well, so this is compl- this is like literally a crystal ball. It's okay. there's no like actual yeah. helmet. Okay. But okay. Nick Fury's used it, and the only reason why he was able to survive is because uh, the Watchers wanted him to, because he's going to be the new Watcher. Okay. And so, like, because that amount of knowledge is not meant for human consumption. <laughs> Makes sense. But Reed is like, I have to know what's going on. I have to know how to fix this. I'm doing it, and yeah. so. He puts it on and he's like, holy shit. And then he learns about the Priscillicans and the Watchers and the war and, and the Watchers cutting off nine-tenths of the universe to undo what fucking happened and how they vowed, how they fully regretted ever being involved with other living beings and how they have vowed to become the Watchers. And yeah. he's like, okay, I get it. I understand everything. <laughs> and now... Reed Richardson's eyes glow cosmically white at the beginning, and then they get like this blue tint, and then in later issues, they're like pink, but it doesn't matter. He's just <laughs> cosmically aware about just the world and okay. the universe. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. What else has happened of note? So, oh, um, Reed, <laughs> Reed now being as cosmically omnipotent and aware as he is, it has become cold read in oh, the sense boy. that they make it back to the Baxter building and they're dealing with all these different situations. And they're like, okay, what about 
uh, what about saving these people? And Reed's like, yeah, that's important, but not as important as the end goal. So we're going to have to let other people handle it. Yeah. And Johnny's like, hey, since you're so cosmically smart now, do you know how to like fix me? Because he still has the cosmically charged the eternal, eternal flame. flame. And he's yeah. like, actually, yes, I do do know how to fix you, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> and Johnny's like, why the F not? And he's like, well, you're kind of my biggest gun right now. So for the uh-huh. fight that's going to come, I'm going to need you to be yeah. Cosmic Storm. And yeah. he's like, you asshole. And then they're like, what about all the people who are dying? He's like, nah, I got this. Hold up. So he gets on um, basically Cerebro, but it's yeah. this helmet that alicia masters had that let him reach out to silver surfer he took it he retooled it and let him reach out to the world and he's like hey captain america i have a plan for how to deal with some ground troops and he's like let me know and so he gives it to him and then he's like hey tony i have some plans and schematics for the Badoon starships if you want to uh, deal with those and he's like absolutely and so there you go okay and then <laughs> and he goes and finds moon knight and Moon Knight is just laying on the ground. And he's like, uh, Spectre, what the fuck? What's up? And he's like, the moon is gone. <laughs> the moon is gone. Conchu is the god of the moon. I'm powerless. He's like, yeah, but Conchu is also the god of vengeance. So you want to go and like venge things? And he's like, oh, you're right. He's like, all right, well, then get up. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so Moon Knight goes and bees Moon Knight. <laughs> nice. That's amazing. <sighs> oh, my gosh. And then, oh, my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh. so Camp Hammond. <laughs> okay. Camp Hammond, which used to be where Avengers Academy was. Right. Now is a holding site. It's basically like Project Pegasus. Okay. Other places. Anyway, things that are kept here. <laughs> do, 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 do the Zodiac Key. Okay. The Serpent Crown. Okay. The Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> yes, of course. It's kept here. <laughs> and one other thing that Dr. Doom needs. So <laughs> he goes and raids the place. Nobody knew these were all here until Fantastic Four number 25 when the Cormorant unearthed them all, which I didn't remember happening, but cool. Anyway, <laughs> and he's like, okay, ah, fucking a temporal field. So this, the, the device he's looking for was stealth shielded and also placed one second out of sync with our timeline, but he's got it. And it's the deadliest weapon presently on Earth. And now the perfect bait for my trap. And it's just like, I don't know what it is, honestly. It's like this dark purple black bar. <laughs> Sweet. And uh, Doom's like, haha, I have what I need. I'm out. <sighs> so <laughs> Reed reaches out. Oh, uh, when he's like telepathing to everyone, She Hulk yeah. is like, hey, by the way, I have a feeling that I'm directly connected to this and I will be a key player because of shenanigans from my own comic yeah. book. And he's like, <laughs> all right, come with me. And he's like, oh, is that Jack of Hearts with you? Uh, bring him with you. So he's along for the ride. And sure. then Silver Surfer is checking in on what's going on. And the Macans are laying waste to the Kree-Scroll Empire. Sorry, Kree-Scroll Alliance. An- 
an annihilation wave <laughs> is attacking Spire. Okay. The Morani are attacking the Shi'ar, the Badoon invading Earth. And he said, but that that is but a small flickering ember in a universe engulfed in flames. So the universe has fallen apart. This is absolutely ridiculous. And Reed okay. is like, yeah, too bad. That's a shame. We need to go to the Shi'ar because we need to protect the Emkron crystal. Yeah. The nexus of all realities. Yeah. And then and he's like, so this is the nexus of all realities. And they're like, wait, wasn't the nexus of all realities like in the, in the swamp in the bayou? <laughs> and they're like, that is a nexus of all realities. And there mm. are multiple, okay. one of which being the Emcron Crystal. So they're going to go to the Emcron Crystal. And Johnny is like, we need to go to Spire. They are not ready to deal with the Annihilation Wave. We need yeah. to go. And Johnny's like, or Reed's like, no. <laughs> bigger picture we got to go there and he's like and he's like uh i forbid you to go and johnny's like we'll forbid this and he just pieces out and he he goes and cosmically flies to spire these are the like kinds of navigation things (laughs) that (laughs) you just like just have to like you yeah you just like what i'm reading (laughs) pick a point in the sky and you're just like i'll get there (laughs) and like it, the 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 timing and the pacing of Johnny Storm's story makes yeah. it feel like fucking Spire is just on the other side of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, it's not a big deal. Anyway, Silver Surfer, and I sent you a picture of this one. Silver Surfer's like, all right, I got to go because there's a Herald Assault of Asgard. Every living ex-Herald of Galactus is fighting to unearth his remains. So... <laughs> We're, we're slight retconning here because if I've, I'm under the impression that when you use a body as a bomb, <laughs> <laughs> just there's not exactly. going to be anything to go and have remains of. But the way it's being presented here, because remember, Galactus's helmet is now where the Bifrost comes out of. <laughs> In Asgard, because Thor is a fucking badass. Wild in Marvel. <laughs> now all of the remains of Galactus is in Asgard as well. So fine, whatever. Sure. So all of the living heralds are going to go try to resurrect Galactus, I guess. Okay. Against the Asgardians, and I'm like, holy shit, I want to watch this. Anyway, yeah. So they get to Shi'ar space where the Emcron Crystal is, and the entire Imperial Guard, including Gladiator, are just decimated. Mm-hmm. They're done. They got rocked. Also, Uatu survived the destruction of the moon. Good. He shows up at the Clarion Call. Would really suck for like, him to, to come back for like 20 seconds and then just die again. I know, right? <laughs> so he he arrives to the clearing call. He's like, brothers and sisters, hear me now. <laughs> and <laughs> he actually says, hear me now. I'm not okay. okay. I'm not just Jamaican him. So <laughs> <laughs> he says, our original sin. Uh-huh. Yeah. The reckoning has returned. The time for watching is over. We must act. The watchers must go to war. And the uh uh and so that's the thing. And then the Imperial Guard is taken out, and they got taken out by two people. <laughs> and they are both Priscillicans. They all have really weird, boring names. One of them's name is Reject. Another one's name is Rapture. Yeah, boo. The main Priscillican's name is Wrath. Like, there's just all the R. Random. Just, are they all? Do they all start with R? Names. 
Wrath does not start with an R. Oh. First of all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, but anyway, reject and rapture it's, are there. It's like and it's like those, you know, families where they name all the kids starting with the same letter just to be cute. The fucking yeah. Kardashian ass bullshit. <laughs> Including yeah, it, going way thankfully. out of their way to try and shoehorn a name into like starting. Chloe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not thankfully that. But when the Fantastic Four were fighting the Griever and they saw all the all of their like deaths on yeah. repeat, Fantastic or <laughs> Thing's death was at the hands of Rapture. Oh. And so Thing is freaking out. And he kind of freezes. Wait, He's wasn't like, it wasn't it Reed's fault though, or something? No, Reed's vision is that thing was going to kill him. Oh, okay, yeah. And so thing sees Rapture, and he's just like, "Holy shit!" And then Reed tells thing, he's like, "Hey, so I have all the like intelligence of the universe and shit, and it's kind of cool, but uh, my human brain can't handle it. I'm going to die in three days." Oh. And Ben's like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> and then that issue ends. I can't imagine having to wait a month for this. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, the next issue is all of the watchers being like, so what is such a big deal that we have all been gathered here? The entire universe is not being watched right now. <laughs> yeah. What is why? Why why are we doing this? And Uwatu's like, guys, we can't we can't just watch. This is we need to get involved. This is ridiculous. And they're like, Uwatu's oh, Uwatu, you on, always say this, right? You're so, the doer. I get it. I have a handful of questions about the Watchers. Yeah. So there's like this council of three who are like the main three Watchers. Yeah. And the 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 head of those three is Uwatu's father. Okay. Which is fine, but like his name is his name is Ikor, I K O R. Okay. But so he he's Uwatu's dad. Also, canonically, Uwatu and another female watcher, I think her name was Ula. Yeah. They have a baby. Yep. So Ikor is a granddad, but also they're immortal. Like I feel like, I guess they don't consume anything, but like, (laughs) if you have a race of immortals, stop procreating. (laughs) You're going to take up way too much room and they're not small people, (laughs) but that's (laughs) whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like part of the like natural desire to pass on a lineage is because you are not going to be here forever. Right. Yeah. Like part of the like natural instinct to procreate is to continue your race. But if your race doesn't have a to be continued, like you're just (laughs) always there. I feel like that part of, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, they are the first race outside of they they know how to do it better than us but outside yeah, of the a little suspect and no and <laughs> and this and that whatever and the <laughs> and like the, they figured it out yeah also also oh, anyway ikor <laughs> is like well you're being ridiculous uatu we are we have our vow i am imprisoning you and so he puts them on lockdown okay okay thanks guys so back in shiar space 
This is the first time I think Reed in his cosmicness goes and like stretches out on this on the army that the Priscillicans brought with them, and he actually is making extra arms out of his body. Hey. Thank Christmas. <laughs> Thank you, Cosmic Reed, for finally doing what I want you to. <laughs> Other realities have done this plenty of times, but 616 Reed has always just stretched his like existing limbs. Anyway, so he's making a bunch of extra arms and tentacles and taking people out. And uh, they're trying to fight the Wrath and, and Rapture. And Rapture is destroying the thing. And she goes to slash at him. He puts his hand up and it stops her sword for some reason. And he looks at his hand. He's like, what the hell was that? So what, what could have stopped it? And it was the like vibranium mix wedding ring that Alicia gave him. Oh, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, Alicia!" And then he like freezes, and and Rapture goes for for the killing blow, but Reed reaches out just in time and and just kind of saves him. But he gets like sliced open in the front, and so Reed like wraps around him to keep him from like breaking. <laughs> oh shit! From falling apart, and then Wrath and Rapture are like, "Oh yeah, the objective!" And so they go to uh, the Emperor Crystal and teleport it away. Okay. They're like, well, shit, we lost. Yeah. And then Reed is like, hey, Jack of Hearts, I need you to use your little zero point energy stuff and like suture Ben back together. He's like, I'll try. (laughs) It's like, and (laughs) Jack is like, I'll try my best. And Reed is like, I have the knowledge of the universe. I know it will work. Just do it. And you're (laughs) like, okay, ass. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Spire is trying is using the unparalleled or fighting to try to fight off the annihilation wave. And then lo and behold, Cosmic Johnny shows up. Sky is back with the guy that she thought was her promised mm-hmm. before Johnny. And they both have both their like promise bands. And Johnny's like, oh, but like also like get over yourself. So <laughs> jo- Johnny 1v1's Annihilus. Steals, oh steals his cosmic some, rod again. There's some history there. There is. There's so much history there. Steals his cosmic rod, tells Annihilus in all of his flamey, gl- flamey glory that he needs to take his wave and leave. And he needs to leave the ships that he brought here. Here. He needs Damn. to leave the ships and you need to go. Annihilus is like, you expect me to? He's like, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so... He takes the cosmic rod, tosses it to the head guy from the Unparalleled. He's like, you're a scientist. Figure out what you can do with this. Have fun. He gives him the cosmic rod from the negative, but whatever. And then he (laughs) recruits the Unparalleled. And he's like, guys, like, let's take the ships. Let's go. There are other planets in the galaxy that need help or the universe that need help. Sure. Let's go. And they're like. We got you. Let's do this. So he's recruiting like his own like galactic army and yeah. going around and saving the worlds. Thor shows up to uh, at Asgard with Silver Surfer. He's like, uh, Surfer, what the hell is going on? I I'm, I have this like compulsion to be here and do and do something. And he's like, Yeah, that was from your time as the Herald of Galactus. We're all being pulled here to try to resurrect the hungry one. And he's like, Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> Everyone is working to revive the revive Galactus. And then the destroyer armor starts walking towards the body of Galactus. The fuck? The destroyer armor at one time was the Herald of Galactus as well. <laughs> what? 
yeah i think it was just for like one random ass storyline but sure far be it from dan slot to not remember this (laughs) (laughs) the destroyer armor as galactus is starting to uh resurrect and reconstitute and by the reason why this is happening is because all the heralds are like shooting this pink energy cosmic energy at the body anyway the destroyer armor starts to unravel and then starts to join with galactus uh-huh becoming you knew something this was new, coming as they say yes <laughs> no longer the devourer nor the destroyer there is only one name for what rises here before us the destruction <laughs> okay guy and so so and surfers like and i alone possess the only thing that can draw its attention stored here within the dimensional folds of my gleaming board and he pulls out the ultimate nullifier and so oh the destruction starts chasing uh, Silver Surfer, and he's like, I need to take him to the Reckoning. So the Priscillicans have called themselves the Reckoning, and okay. so this is why it's called the Reckoning War. But anyway, he's like, I need to take you to the Reckoning. Let's go. And so that is all we've really seen of what the destruction looks like. It's basically giant <laughs> Galactus, but but like destroyer helmet. Uh-huh. And glowy like, energy shooting out. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. And that is the last time we see them in this book. What could possibly go wrong? I know, right? So the Badoon are getting closer and closer to the Forever Gate. And Valeria knows about Protocol Zero. And that is the backup plan in case you know, shit goes down. And so they're like, okay, protocol zero. She checks in with Reed and he's like, do you sure you want to do protocol zero? And he's like, yeah. So it's Valeria, Franklin, Joe, and Nikki, and Alicia down at the forever gate and they initiate protocol zero. And then it just says, we love you, dad. When you see mom, tell her we, and then the communication goes out and oh, Reed, shit. Um, drops a uh, cosmic tear. And then... Reed asks Jen and Jack to leave him alone with Ben for a second. And so he says, Ben, the reckoning, they almost took control of the forever gate. That couldn't be allowed to happen. I get that. There was still one jump left in there. Can't we have the bad, can't have the bad guys suddenly popping up who knows where, right? So, oh, geez, you had Alicia and the kids use it. Now, wherever they are, they're stranded. No, the problem was the gate itself. The energies inside it could rewrite the universe. We couldn't risk it falling into the wrong hands. Protocol Zero was... The self-destruct code. Alicia, Joe, and Nikki, my own children, they're gone, Ben. They sacrificed themselves for the good of the universe. Holy shit. And Ben is in shock, and then he gets very angry, and they start to fight. So (laughs) while that fight is happening, which we're going to focus on, but I do need to talk about She-Hulk's involvement in this entire thing. So back in 2005, in issue seven of her title. Did Dan Slott write this? I'm going to look it up on the wiki. You keep going. (laughs) Okay. She went to cosmic court for this race called the Rajlek. And they learned about their, their recluses. They are, they're very like to themselves. They learned about the watchers and did not, want the watchers watching them it felt it was too voyeuristic <laughs> it was dan slot oh that's amazing yeah <laughs> they felt it was voyeuristic and an invasion of privacy 
So She-Hulk met them for whatever reason and is like, okay, I went to cosmic cosmic court for them. And we were able to rule that this world would become a dark sector of space. And so this planet became the only spot in the entire known 616 universe that the watchers could not watch. Oh, wow. And so this planet became the beachhead for the Brasilicans for the reckoning to come to the universe. Interesting. They used watcher tech to get to this planet and the watchers had no idea. Interesting. And so they made this kind of, you know, their spot, their, their home base, their base of operations to start dealing out all this watcher tech across the universe. It's all thanks to She-Hulk. Okay. (sighs) Yeah. So Ben starts fighting uh, Reed. He's like, I'm going to kill you. He's like, listen, it couldn't be helped. I wish there was another way, but it was the war. But in this war, the stakes are too high. He's like, stakes? I don't don't understand the stakes. You cost me my family. They were everything. And like, he is, he's actually making Reed bleed. It's wild. And just, (laughs) oh my gosh, dude. Okay, so Reed is like, okay, you leave me no choice. I'm going to have to restrain you. And so he like wraps around him and he's like, He's like, that's not happening. So this time you've gone too far. Let's see how far I let's see how far I can take it, Stretcho. And so he starts like just pulling Reed and trying to stretch him to his limit. Oh my god. There is one time we have seen the limit of his stretching is during the Illuminati when they got kidnapped <laughs> by the scroll. They uh, they oh, stretched yeah. him to his limit. Yeah, that was as an experiment though, right? Well, that was so they could learn uh, about yeah. their biology and so they could set up for the secret invasion. Yeah. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. Yeah. What's his face? Nick Fury Sr. is on planet T37X. And uh, he has the Watcher cloaking tech. So they don't see him. And so he's trying to figure out where Watu is so we can save them, save him. The unparalleled and human torch are going to other planets to recruit other people. He gets to the Kree Scroll Alliance and they're like, absolutely, we're totally gonna be joined with you. We are honored to be your first. And he's like, Well, yeah. you guys wouldn't be my first, actually. And then you see that the Guardians have joined in, the Star Jammers have joined in, Beta Ray Bill is here. He's just nice racking yeah. up all the people. Nice. Ben is just leaning into Reed. His knuckles are getting bloody with Reed's blood. And then Reed finally gets a quick second to turn his communicator back on and says, Ben, Ben, can you hear us? He's like, wait, Alicia? It's like, the line went dead. We've been trying to get through. Are you and Reed okay? Dad, hello. And so, and Ben breaks down. They're like, hey, what's going on? You know, just be safe out there wherever you are. You know, we'll see when you get back. Yeah. And Reed is... He's like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, protocol zero wasn't a self-destruct protocol. It was a necessary deception. Here, come on, we got shit to do. And he's like, what, no, 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 is, no, 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 no. What's the necessary deception? I don't understand. Why? Why? Exactly, right? What? So Reed says, you faced rapture and you froze. In the past, if anyone knocked you down, you got back up and fought like hell. And you'd keep on fighting until you won, but not this time. And 
As the man who knows everything, I know why. In the past, you had nothing to lose, but now you have a wife and a family to go back home to. You Mm. have something to live for. It puts you off your game. In this war, everything is at stake. It's not just you. Everyone you love will die. Next time, you won't freeze. You'll fight for them. And it's like... Just because you're right, that don't mean I'm going to forgive you. It's like, that's fine. You can hate me for the rest of my life. That gives you 42 hours. In the meantime, our friends are all, th- are all this way. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Cold Reed is... Dude. Nuts. Yeah. So, on this, this, so this is all taking place on that planet that um, is the dark spot. And like, ah, here's a doorway. Okay. And I know exactly where this leads. It reads to the rest of the universe. And so... They walk through, and he's like, oh, my eyeballs. Uh, ben is like, my eyeballs are kind of burning here. What is this place? He's like, these are the barrens, the toxic remains of nine-tenths of the universe. Everything about it, the air, land, water, it's pure poison. Good Lord. Excuse me. Outside of a handful of the reckoning, nothing can survive here for long, and that includes us. We need to find our friends and get out fast. Turns out that was a ruse by, by Wrath, and they're still on the planet. And they close the door behind him. Oh. Yeah. And then back in the Everglades, here's <laughs> Doom with his little thing. And he's like, he just he's just kind of talking to the swamp, and you assume he's talking to man thing. Because you're in the forest Everglades and it's next right. to fall reality. So like, come on. Yeah. So he says, When last we met, I refused to engage you. I saved my hand, bided my time. And prepared. He starts casting this. He's doing these like magical signs. Mm-hmm. And he says, You are one of the most powerful entities I've ever encountered, but I know your weakness. Here in my hand, the one thing you prize most in all the universe. It is yours for the taking. Come. If you truly desire it, you must face me and meet your doom. And then that's where this book ends. Do we know what it is? I have no idea. It's that black purple <laughs> oh, bar right. thing oh, right. that he took from Camp Hammond. Oh my god. Okay. The fuck. All right. Yeah. So there's one bonus issue in here that is called Reckoning War Trial of the Watcher. And it is wildly interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. So this is now Uatu in confinement and he is addressed by Ikor and he's like listen (laughs) you've been you've been meddling with (laughs) you've been not being a watcher for quite some time he is the doer it is true right (laughs) he has little like hexagon references to Uh all the times in the past that he's interfered with humans and stuff and he's like, listen, you've been taking sides in petty squabbles, favoring Earth's heroes over its villains, preserving life, repelling invaders, sending individuals back in time to correct history, arbitrating centuries-old conflicts, empowering and depowering humans at will, and constricting this Earthling to act as your agent, pointing to Fury, picture mm-hmm. of Fury. Instead of simply observing, time after time, he chose to take action. Well, boy, actions have consequences. <laughs> and then and then Uatu's like listen like taking take talking about bringing it back to the reckoning he's like taking action writing that great wrong is a moral imperative that far outweighs our oath and so Ikor says that is quite a compelling argument my son I can make mine with one simple question what if 
And he's like, what? He's like, <laughs> oh you think me blind, Uatu? I know how you spend your days gazing across realities for your own amusement. This chamber we are in rests beneath the apex of all reality. How many times have you directed your sight here across the void of space, watching one what-if scenario after another? Worlds where different choices led to vastly different outcomes. And cool. has references to different what-if storylines. Cool. Like Captain America being the president and vampires, uh, vampire, Marvel vampire, or yeah, the Fantastic Five when Spider-Man just stayed with the Fantastic Four. Venom Punisher, Silver Surfer with the Infinity Gauntlet. You have a, a Viking Hulk. It's like, I've poured over your entire history of every what-if world you've ever accessed. And what I have found is there is one obvious possibility you have avoided. A what-if you have been afraid to watch. Father, don't. What if you were wrong? What if you, Uwatu, had never interfered? Oh. And this issue goes through that reality. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> In all of your days, never had you broken your watcher's oath more severely than when Galactus first came to devour the Earth. Yep. But what if you hadn't? What if you had refrained from erecting a barrier of fire around that world? What if instead of trying to obscure that planet from Her- Galactus's herald, you allowed a clear, unobstructed path to remain? What if instead of aiding Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four, you, le- you left them completely oblivious to the danger that was headed their way? tell me what do you think would have happened next and watsu keeps on standing by this argument that they wouldn't have been prepared they would have been destroyed they would have gotten fucked up they would not just by meeting norn rad they would not have known the destruction that that follows yeah and so here's this earth where nick fury calls the fantastic four when they're about to sit down for dinner and he's like hey We've got something on on the satellite radio, whatever. Sure, you should go check it. Check it out. Reed is like, okay, let me go see. And they see that it's uh, Silver Surfer, and they're like, what's going on here? And Silver Surfer is like, home. I detected superior technology and advanced transmission from this location. Yet I sense nothing here but primitive beings, creatures of low intellect and of little consequence. And and Ben is like, um, excuse you. And so he punches <laughs> him, sends him flying. Which happened in our reality in 616 as well. However, what's his face? Uatu nudged the trajectory for Silver Surfer to land in Alicia Masters' apartment. Oh. And so Silver Surfer could learn the beauty that humanity can offer. Right. And the serene and, you know, natural greatness that humanity has. Yeah. But instead, he crashes into a car on the street and you have a bunch of people like you fucking you 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 mess up my car hey i'm walking here yeah yeah yeah, he comes across your typical new york rabble and he's like well this man sucks (laughs) 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 while that is happening galactus shows up with his world ship and he's like ah yes time to eat and the Fantastic Four are like, excuse you and they try to deal with it and while that part is happening walter's like see do you see uh, with no one to uh, to warn them ahead of time, Fantastic Four of this reality are woefully unprepared. Their fates are surely sealed. And then, so the torch tries to flame it, doesn't work. Uh, thing tries to go and punch, it's not doing anything. Galactus is like, get out of here, and just does yeah. a, a like a force push, and everyone starts falling. Reed catches them. It's like, okay, we got to deal with this. So, in this reality, Galactus is trying to put his 
tools together. Sue goes and stops it with an invisible field. And Galactus is like, originally you guys were just a nuisance <laughs> I could ignore, but now you're like hindering my progress. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And so he shoots Sue with some eye beams and she goes blind. Hmm. And so she's a little more useless. And then Johnny's like, excuse me. He tries to flame on and gets knocked back. And then, so he goes and, and, and pairs off with the surfer and he try he goes hotter than he's ever gone before. Yada, yada, yada mm-hmm. is able to get to a point where Norin passes out, but Johnny gets burned. Like mm. he burned so hot that his body couldn't himself. take it. Wow. And so now he's got burns all over his body. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thing is trying to uh, get this like drone gets sent out to Thing and they start fighting and he's like getting like chunks knocked off of him and like it's not looking good. Reed gets back into his lab and he's trying to just he's trying to put together something that's going to help. Um, and he's like, man, if only there's like one clue that like could point me in the right direction of where I need to go, yada, yada, yada. Okay. The Baxter building is starting to get assimilated and like, it's basically becoming like an oven and Reed starts melting. Oh God. His face is just like melting. No, no, no. He's like, no, come come on, come on. What's going on? What if, uh, okay, this technology is incredibly old, like nothing I've seen anywhere in this universe. What if, it originates before our universe. Oh. Ah, I see it. Okay, this isn't an oven. This is a food processor. He's converting <laughs> the elemental the elemental energy of this continuum into something a being from the previous universe could consume. If I reverse that process to create nullification rays, zero energy, the opposite of galactic food, galactic poison. Oh. Aha. So he... Uh, whips something together, figures it out, makes a little ultimate nullification ray. So he creates his own, he creates his own ultimate, ultimate nullifier. nullifier. Interesting. But like not on the same level, I guess. Yeah. But he creates the ultimate, ultimate nullification nullifier. ray. Yeah. And shoots Galactus. Galactus goes down. Damn. Galactus gets utterly destroyed. He is dead. Holy shit. Removed from existence. Oh my God. Cooked from the inside out. Wow. They're like, okay, wow. Reed Galactus, is he gone? I was loath to do it, but from this moment on, Earth and the rest of the universe are safe. Norrin shows up and he's like, my master, you destroyed him. And he's and then he just has this like smile across his face. And he's like, oh, I'm free. Mm. I'm free to explore the boundless universe. I'm out. And he just goes. Okay. And then Uatu sees this. And also then this universe is what is like, hmm, it appears I made the correct decision not to interfere. And then <laughs> 616 is like, what? If if I hadn't intervened, Richards would have defeated Galactus on his own. He's like, do you finally understand what you did, Uatu? He's like, I do. Yet even you, Ikor, most must acknowledge that this encounter left the Fantastic Four of this reality irreparably damaged and ill-equipped to deal with future challenges. And Ikor's like, is that so? If only there are a way we could continue watching. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, there is. Apex, show us. And so 
Fantastic Four get like medals of freedom from the government, and yeah. they're like, "Thank you," but in all honesty, we wish we could have succeeded sooner. In the brief period, Galactus' elemental converter was active. It caused unspeakable devastation. But I believe, in our moment of greatest need, the scientific the scientific breakthrough I made, the same zero energy which defeated Galactus, can serve to undo the harm he caused. In <laughs> fact, with your help and trust, it can do more. We can restructure the building blocks of our core elements. We could irrigate the deserts and put the end to hunger, clean our skies, lands, and seas of air pollutants, create endless clean energy, and open the world to free travel for all mankind. <laughs> and then it jumps forward a year, and Earth is a utopia. <laughs> Johnny has healed. Ben still has missing bricks, but he's fine. Reed mm-hmm. still has a melted face. Sue wears a visor now. But like this is absolute paradise. And Uatu's like, no, no, no more. Make Father, make it stop. I can't say anymore. I can't. He's like, I'm sorry, my son, but this is your punishment. From now on, this is all you will ever see. Oh. And they basically just have this reality on loop. Dang. And Uatu just sits there just like devastated, crying. He's like, I was wrong. Forgive me. Yeah. So wild to think. That is wild. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's what uatu gets for <laughs> interfering with us i guess i don't know yeah. so that is um the first part of reckoning war with a little extra what if issue interesting cool what a story it, is this this is this seems like it's probably the end of dan slot's run on fantastic four then maybe i mean reckoning war part two will be but yeah well, i mean because yeah. part two is going to be volume 11 i right. imagine he might he might do one more volume of like let's send off for the right. Rest. I mean but he was like he was on Spider Man for like four times as long, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually had a tweet to ask. I, I, did I send it? You did send it. You sent it to the uh, to our group chat with the ethics. Oh no, that was okay. So oh. that was that was his Doctor Who tweet. But okay. he has another tweet from earlier today. That is that he said, I am the so I've written the most issues of She Hulk on in this entire reality. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen the first four episodes and it is fantastic. Oh, okay. He's that was like such a cool endorsement for She Hulk for that is cool who is on the fence about watching She Hulk. I will watch it. I, I, I still haven't finished. Ms. Marvel. I'm so bad at watching things. Yeah. For for how much time you like poke around on your computer. I know you're doing other stuff. Yeah. But like, man, I really need you to watch these things. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But yeah, it's it's crazy to think Dan Slott has all these like legendary tenures on popular it's, books. It's true. He's uh He's written a lot of Marvel for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never given him the credit that he deserves. He's, he's not like a, he's not a, like a, I don't think of him as like transcendent stories or like anything like, Oh my God, that's an all timer. But he is really, right. he, he, yeah, he's got a lot of really, really good stuff under his belt. Yeah. 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 And just, Oh man, I'm, uh, this is, Reckoning War, just like 
<laughs> so much is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just funny because like there's those little things that you just be like, oh, okay. Like Johnny Storm flew to Spire in <laughs> enough time to save uh-huh. the entire team of the Unparalleled from losing to the Annihilation Wave. Yeah. Stopped the Annihilation Wave. Yeah. Took the Unparalleled to wherever the Guardians of the Galaxy were fighting, uh-huh. saved them, yes. recruited them, yes. went and found Beta Ray Bill, went yes. and got the Star Jammers, yes. and then went to the Kree Scroll Alliance, yeah, you saved know. them from whatever, from the Matans or whatever <laughs> the metal people that they were fighting, and was like, hey, let's keep going. Like, All in a day's work. It, it, this, isn't, this isn't like Burroughs to go and travel to and recruit people. <laughs> this is the universe. Intergl- the yeah. sheet, like, oh, man. But it, like, if that's going to be my takeaway of complaint, I think it's a pretty good story. <laughs> he's doing some real Jon Snow-ass fast travel here. but He's totally Jon Snowing. Like, and it's so like, if that's going to be my nitpick, right. then the, the quality of the rest of the story is up there. If totally. I can't find anything else. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to complain about. So yeah, it was it was a good time. Was a good Excellent. Time. Oh man, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, me too. It's good to have good things to read, isn't it? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude. Okay, so for anyone who's in our Facebook group, Steve posted this like meme about cable of just like the audacity that is cable in his story. And just now I'm just now realizing that you posted that on the week that you were reading only cable. (laughs) (laughs) Man. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) Well, let's, 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 Let's see. Let's, let's, let's talk it out. <laughs> okay. Let's talk it out. Give me, give me, give me some cableness. <laughs> it was. It's not so bad. It's not. It, it's okay. So <laughs> I'll go with the the uh, the special first. Wolverine and Cable Guts and Glory. This is actually a flashback story. It takes place. So you know, one of the flashback. Remember, there was a whole like flashback month. Every single title got a issue minus one the issue zero oh my issue one, negative yeah. one yeah 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 yeah. okay and cables was when he first came to 616 landed on Muir island had a little hangout sesh with moira and then he left to find charles xavier so basically like i guess right after that He's in New York City. He goes to the New York Public Library. Oh, and he has like super long hair too, future clothes. He looks all crazy. Okay. He goes to the New York Public Library and he basically goes to to use the to just like look up the records of all of history. I actually have to look up here if he I don't think he uses the internet because this would have <laughs> taken place in the 80s. But now uh-huh. I have to double check. Okay, yeah, he he does. He uses the internet. Ooh, fascinating. <laughs> because uh-huh. I, th- I think that's a, supposed to be a computer monitor in front of him. He's also holding books, but 
here, I'm going to share my screen here. Okay. Because I need, I need a second opinion. Okay. So here's shaggy hair as cable. Oh my right? gosh, look at that hair. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this might be a book here that he's looking, but like, that uh-huh. looks like the back of a computer monitor. This yes. looks like he's holding a computer monitor. Yes. You know, like you do when you're reading now, something off of a computer monitor is you hold it in your hand. Uh-huh. So are we trying? Okay. We're trying to, we're trying to place when this takes place because Wolverine Gosh, at this time mask. for reference is still working for department H. Okay. This is before he was recruited. So like publishing history, this would be 1975 ish, but you know, they sliding scale timeline. Mm-hmm. They say is happened not, not long, ago. long ago, right? But like, also, there is a uh, a scene. Oh no, wait, that's never mind. That's the the next issue. I don't know. It, so the only other option I can think of is you know how you can go. I think it's at libraries. I only ever seen it on TV. I've never seen it in person. But they have those like mini like negative roles that you can like scroll through old uh, newspaper articles. Oh yeah. Like microfiche or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That the last time I saw it was in like season four of, of stranger things. Yeah. Okay. And that was a thing in the like eighties and seventies or whatever. Oh, it is. It's microfilm. There you go. Okay. See, there you go. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I feel a little better. Well, good. (laughs) That was a big tangent. (laughs) He's like, you know, he's like doing his research, learning the history of the 20th century as one, you know, the the classic, I'm going to learn all of history montage. (laughs) Yeah. The fifth element where she starts crying or X-Men apocalypse where they're they're like that war is literally everything. Yeah. Or, or the X-Men Apocalypse movie where they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm learning. (laughs) And Rachel starts laughing her ass off in the middle of the theater and (laughs) try. And then I start laughing my ass off and we're trying to quiet ourselves to not ruin the movie for you. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. He goes to the desk and he's like, what's a library card? And then he goes to, there's a disturbance outside. Vulture is robbing a jewelry store. He goes to intervene. A bomb goes off. uh, And there's this security guard who turns out to be an ex-Shield agent. Guy's name is Frank Rhodes. Pulls him out. He's a black guy with the last name of Rhodes. I don't know if there's any familiar familial connection with James Rhodes, Rhodey. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, he takes him home. He's like, I can tell you're a veteran, even if you have a metal arm and shit's crazy with you. Being an ex-Shield guy, he feels like he probably ought to be more, you know, like help help this guy out if something weird's going on. He has a better grasp on weird shit than most other people would. So they bond, they learn, you know, is like, you have to learn to live life after the war, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, you want a beer? And Caleb's like, what, what's beer? Oh my God. 
<laughs> so anyway, meanwhile, there's this meanwhile. like t- tech enhanced soldier guy from the future, one of the new Canaanite army who were the enemies of, of Cable. He followed Cable back from the future. I guess Canaanite, not new Canaanite. It, they, Cable was like, there's like the two factions are called like new Canaan and Canaanite or something like that. They sound almost mm-hmm. identical. And I feel like that's kind of cool. Like from the outsider perspective, like I feel like there are a lot of, of conflicts where from the outsider, it's like both of these names sound really similar to me. And it's like this micro difference of ideology that they're fighting to the death mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it makes for confusing storytelling. So this this tech enhanced soldier guy came from the future, uh, you know, following Cable, and he lands in the middle of Canada, and he doesn't have any memories. And so, Depart- uh, Wolverine's still working for Department H. So this is before he was recruited to the X Men, and after the story from last week that we went over of his pre first mission before going off to fight the Hulk. Right. So we're getting all the the micro flashbacks here. But anyway, Wolverine takes him down pretty easy. Department H scoops him up. They're like, hey, we can we could use this guy. Let's turn him into one of our agents. So they give him a fucking they put him in like a healing tank and give him a jetpack. And and then naturally he wakes up and he's like, I have to go kill Cable and flies away on his jetpack <laughs> and follows him all the way to New York. Big old knockdown drag out fight. Frank dies completely unnecessarily in the middle of it. He's like, I have to draw some fire. And he looks like runs, shoots, does no damage and gets shot. And basically doesn't help anything. Dies and Cable's like, no, punches the guy's head. Uh, Wolverine cuts the guy's head off and mourns him. And he's like, you're right. I do have to, you know, learn to make a, a real life for myself and, and not just be defined by the war. The end. Okay. So I saw in one of the pictures there, he still has his like scimitar. Yeah, so that, whatever happened to that? Oh, he's still got it. Does he? Oh, oh, oh you mean like in in like current, he doesn't have it now? Like he doesn't color, have it right? now. I don't know exactly. I think it's come back and forth a couple times. I think he he had it at least through the Cable and Deadpool series, or at least through part oh. of that, which was in the mid two thousand, like the early to mid two thousands. I wonder why they decided to not let him keep that. Like they know. like focus on him being a gun guy. Yeah, I think it's more like original idea for like bringing him back to True North as a character. Hmm. I was gonna say it would be kind of cool if the last the the light of Galador became the Simitar. Simitar. Uh, nah, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Let it happen. <laughs> the only way it works <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay anyway good anyway yeah so oh he also gets the haircut in the middle of that frank introduces him to a barber so 
he gets his contemporary, you know, the haircut everybody knows him with, not the wild long yeah. hair. His soldier cut. Cool. Cable annual 1999. Sinister shows up at Cable's safe house and tells him, like, oh, by the way, I orchestrated your birth. (laughs) Yeah. The whole Madeline Pryor thing. That was me. He's like, I bet you've been having, like, a lot of questions. Like, you know, have you ever asked yourself why it was your duty to defeat apocalypses and no one else's? He's like, only every day of my existence. And so it's just like, well, I got the answer for you. <laughs> it's because I uh, made it happen. So like everybody else, he, he even says this is like all these other people, you know, they have to worry about like what their purpose is in life. You know, you know exactly what your purpose is in life. And I want to help you. You're running, you know, you've got this techno organic virus you don't have your telepathy anymore because of the psi war. Like, I can I can cure the virus. Turns out there was a revelation at the end of this issue. Sinister actually designed that TO virus in the first place. Mm. And that checks out. Yeah, right? But second wrinkle, he infected Apocalypse with it. And in the like 19 early 1900s. And Apocalypse was, uh, like, made ill by it. This was, like, their their official break, right? Like, when mm. Sinister, you know, stopped serving Apocalypse, basically. Because he knew that, you know, he was always going to have power over him, resented it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, also, he wants to destroy humanity, and Sinister just wants to experiment on humanity. <laughs> So he's he's going to, you know, he designs this virus, infects Apocalypse with this virus, and Apocalypse is like, you fucking idiot. Like, I'm too weak to kill you right now, but you give me a little bit of time, and I'm going to master this thing, and it's only going to make me stronger. So get the fuck out right now. And he does. Anyway, that's a little flashback. So... Sinister's also like, you know, Cable, you you just beat the harbinger of Apocalypse. The horsemen are yet to come. But in between, we have the emissaries of Apocalypse. And there's five of them. And, you know, some there's a uh, explosion at a, a disco called Disco Inferno. Just a little on the nose, especially considering Madeline Pryor, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and... Yeah. And Sinister and Cable all factored heavily into Inferno. The the emissaries are the cause of it. They absolutely wreck Sinister. This is what they look like, by the way. They've got these like high techy costumes here, but mm. completely obscured. So he gets wrecked. Sinister rolls up, saves him. You know, cures the TO, gives him back his telepathy. He and then the the emissaries break into Cable's uh, safe house, because apparently everybody fucking knows where the safe house is now. Like, you know, Sinister showed up there. They brought Stacy and Ozymandias there, just like, whatever. So Cable shows up with, you know, without any limits. He goes and destroys, you know, beats the shit out of the emissaries, and then he's like, uh, Sinister's like, well done, bravo. 
And Cable's like, yeah, I know that you're, you know, congratulating me because this was all a test. These quote-unquote emissaries, they're actually your marauders. And it was pretty, like, you know, you had one that was, like, touches touches him and he loses his powers. And then another that, like, spins really fast and throws pointy things. And another with a big old harpoon. Another with a big old gun. It's like, come come the fuck on. It was as (laughs) on the nose as it gets. It was never a secret. So anyway, he goes to fight Sinister, like, you asshole, you were just trying to test me, you blew up that disco, you nearly killed a bunch of people, and Sinister, he he has Sinister on the ropes, is about to read his mind to to learn all his secrets, and Sinister turns the techno-organic virus back on. Cool. <laughs> the end. Oh. Basically. There's some other, like, you know, this is like part two of, a, uh, you know, like part 900 of a thousand of Cable being like, yeah, it's time for me to get really serious about the apocalypse plot. <laughs> yeah. Cable number 71. Back to the regular series. For one issue, we have a brand new creative team. Oh, look, it's Rob fucking Liefeld. <laughs> so Cable's having nightmares about Cannonball being hunted by Ahab. He goes to... Uh, Stacy's diner. Stacy says they need to take a break. Rachel, his half sister from an, another alternate reality, appears, <laughs> takes him to that Days of Future Past reality, goes straight to the scene from his dreams with Cannonball and Ahab, uh, fights against the Sentinels, meets the Days of Future Past Stacy, who is working as a nurse to, you know, help out. Fight against Sentinels, Domino dies, Sunspot's a bad guy, fucking green ponytail Gideon shows up because Rob Liefeld can't help himself. There's this guy who seems to be Strife in a Hound Magneto armor costume thing. (laughs) With patches. With with pouches and leg bandoliers. Yeah. yeah. But he's got the he's got the eye here. But the whole like point of this was Rachel was like, you needed to know you need to know what happens if you don't stop cable, if you're not a if you don't stop apocalypse, if you're not the one who's around to do this. And so, you know, just go fucking do the do the do the 12 thing already. <laughs> um, and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll do the fucking 12 thing already. The end. Oh, the twelve. It's coming. We had the the reveal or the uh, we had a a look at Apocalypse's new horseman. Uh, we definitely didn't blow the reveal on in a pod. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I thought I was being so cool too. It's like, oh man, that looks really cool. Look, look at this. Look at this random ass deep cut that I happen to know about <laughs> from before 2002. Hey, look at this. Doesn't it look like, doesn't it look like this horseman costume? Oh yeah. Doesn't it look uh, exactly like no. the storyline that's about to happen? <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> Real proud of you, bud. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got next week? Oh man, next week, <laughs> next week, I have <laughs> Volume Three of Shang Chi. 
which I'm, I'm not excited about, but it is, it's called family of origin. Okay. So yay. We'll see what happens here. <laughs> okay. You know, what's funny though, is this volume three is six issues, which means volumes one and two. No, 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 no. Volume two was six issues. And then volume one was its own title run of six issues. Okay. That was that was annoying. We talked about that last time. Right. Anyway, right. and then I have this cosmic event called The Last Annihilation, which Okay, but what if they uh, do another annihilation after that? That'll be called the final annihilation. But <laughs> oh, maybe this is like the previous annihilation. So I have a problem. Okay. Sort of. Okay. I'm I'm in a pickle. Sure. The Last Annihilation, this book consists of Guardians of the Galaxy 16 through 18. Okay. The last volume of Guardians, I only we only covered half of it because it it's the it's the beginning and the aftermath of Last Annihilation. Oh, okay. It also has Sword issue number 7. Oh. It has Cable Reloaded number 1. Oh, wow. And then it has The Last Annihilation, Wiccan and Hulkling, and The Last Annihilation, Wakanda. This is brutal, dude. They're absolutely, yeah. they're absolutely screwing with you. So for reference, yeah, to remind you what happened in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, yeah. That's there's a, good a place planet at the edge of the galaxy Yeah, that got taken over. So there was that black encasing around it that no one understood what was happening Mm -hmm. and then Dormammu got taken over or took over the planet and he became a giant floating Dormammu head (laughs) so he became like Ego the Dormammu Dormigo (laughs) yes Doctor Doom was involved and Guardians are involved how they dealt with fighting Dormammu, the living planet was an item that gets introduced in sword number six. Okay. Which happens during the hellfire gala. Oh God. Because the last scene in guardians that I covered were the representatives of the guardians of the galaxy going to the hellfire gala this is some bullshit man you want you want to you want to hear some more bullshit uh-huh the sword number seven appears in is going to be collected in trials of x volume one and then cable reloaded number one is going to be the first issue of trials volume two so let's say <laughs> let's say nothing else Let's say you're going to be like, I don't need to read the rest of Trials 2 in order to read Cable Reloaded, right? Because like it's the first issue of the volume. Right. So, so you only need to wait for Trials Volume 1 to come out in order to yeah. be completely copacetic. You know when Trials Volume 1 comes out? You know what's funny is I do know when it comes out. Because <laughs> it's on my, I randomly saved it on my Amazon wish list. October nineteenth, yeah. Those fuckers. I. 
this is Hickman's fault. Like he has put the X-Men on a cosmic stage. With, this is not with sword. Oh, you mean that that they cross over with other with other titles? I mean it's yeah. it's Marvel's fault for publishing this so goddamn slowly. Yeah. <laughs> Hellfire Gala Red Carpet Edition came out December 15th, 2021. <laughs> right? It, and its equivalent issues collected in the Reign of X won't come out until September 27th, 2022. It's 10 months. It's not okay. It's not. So I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with Last Annihilation. I have three backup books that are all Marvel. So, like, if I start feeling uncomfortable, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to stop. Okay. That's fair. And you'll just find out what my decision was next week. <laughs> Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. So next week might be a lackluster review from from me. Okay. But we'll see. Yeah. As we also wait for Sandman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Do you know what you're reading next week? I'm reading X-Force and Mutant X and if I get to it, Cable. Sorry, not Cable. I just read Cable. Gambit. Unless something else shows up. Yep. So I had, we talked about this offline one time, but uh, I had a Storytime Marvel redeem on Twitch and it was for Gambit. Interesting. And he doesn't, I, I, uh, he's been around for so long, but I don't, I, I don't feel like there's like minutes worth of like lore to really dive into where he's not like, Oh yeah, he was on the X-Men when this happened. <laughs> like there's his apocalypse kind of arc. Ugh, terrible. Which isn't yeah, exactly. There's him becoming recently becoming the king of the thieves guild. Yeah. I mean, I think the and that's the kind of the whole like I mean, he was most interesting in the 90s probably. Like his or and his initial introduction where he comes across kid storm saves her ass. That was a cool story arc. The whole Mm. backstory with the Marauders. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Romeo and Juliet thing going on with the assassin thieves guild is kind of dumb. And then the sort of like, I don't know. I think it's interesting that he, the way that he was paired with rogue where she is so un, you know, unapproachable unobtainable and from the first minute there he's like nope this girl i'm nuts about this girl Uh and doesn't let absolutely anything dissuade him ever and i i think that and just like that can be a self-defeating thing of like you only want what you can't have etc etc but there's also like a, a very sweet and mature side to it as well not just like oh i'm so in love with you hopeless romantic thing but well kind of like hopeless romantic but it's like i i believe in something here and i'm willing to sit through whatever needs to happen in order to to see it through Mm -hmm. like that's the extent of it like yeah 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 he's he's backstory he's he's i can't think of a single right like x-men storyline where he was like 
crucial to it or had a cool, you know, involvement even. Right? Like, I kind of felt bad that, like, in, like, three minutes, each with, like, one-sentence explanations, yeah, I covered his, like, entire history. And I was like, I'm sorry, there's just nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Yeah. I felt bad. Anyway. Maybe, well, I think you're going to, this whole, it, it's a dumb plot. I, what I know of the summary of his ongoing series, right, that I'm reading right now, I haven't I haven't read this series before, but I've read like kind of a top line summary of it. And I think you're going to be interested in some of the places that it goes, just in terms of what they do with his powers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Like yep. That. And some more of his backstory as well. Well, well, I guess with that, let's just put the outro music here. You always act like you are just like finally coming up with a spot for it. As if it was a different spot. Yeah, I guess you're right. Here. What if Nips' next way to go was to uh, start putting the outro music at the exact same as we're time like, stamp? <laughs> like, as we're like trailing off trying to figure out what else. There's time just five minutes of dead air. <laughs> Let's put oh the outro music here.